This presentation is from UX Australia 2018, held in Melbourne. For more presentations, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Talking about a list of recommendations based on things that you've purchased in the past. When we talk about personalization, we want to know everything about you and use all of that information to inform the next interaction that you have with us so we can have a more meaningful conversation and provide the best experience. And we think it looks like this and in a cycle that happens where you interact with us and we learn something about you and we use that information to inform the next interaction that we have with you. And we think that cycle repeats over and over across every interaction that you have with us big or small, across every single channel that you might want to interact with us with, in person, on our website, via email, if you see one of our ads, if you connect with us on social, if you come and visit one of our campuses, call us on the phone, have a, start a live chat with us, there's a lot going on at Manash. We're trying to create a relationship with you in the ways that you want to interact with us. And like any relationship, it starts with learning a lot about you. And we think about the information that we can learn about you in two big buckets. And they have lots of different names, implicit and explicit, observed and claimed, behavioral and preferential, assumed and verified. But ultimately, they boil down to the things that you do and the things that you say. And even if those two things sometimes contradict each other, which they often do, they do rely on each other. The things that you do are only as good as the ones that we can track in terms of learning about you, and so we don't want to make too many assumptions just on that. We want to complement it by looking at the things that you tell us as well. So how do we understand that information? We start by considering, instead of trying to capture a whole lot of information up front, we want to build this profile of you gradually. We figure out what we really need to know right away, and what we can live without and potentially learn in another way from some other, from some other interaction. And we design our experiences towards that progressive profiling approach. Uh, we used to do a big, for every, every event, we used to put a big form up in front of a whole lot of people and try and get them to do a huge data capture to, to give us a whole lot of information about themselves straight away. Uh, that was fine. It still worked. It's actually uh, quite useful to us. But what we've been trying recently is break that down into what do we really need to know about them to provide value back straight away. And at the same time, we want to understand the context of every interaction that we have with you. We want to look at how you have given us that piece of information. It's important to understand the messaging around how you gave us that, whether it's something that you did, like clicking on a button, what did that button say, why would you have clicked on it, or filling in a form and trying to understand how that piece of information was gathered and what the context was around it. And that process of trying to find out what you do and what you say starts with what you do. So the first time you visit our website, we'll start looking at browser information that we can gather pretty easily. Location, the language that your browser is set to, the type of device that you're on, but also where you came from. Did you search for us? Uh, have you come through one of our advertising uh, campaigns that you've seen? Do you, have you interacted with us on social? And even though that's usually anonymous, we can use that straight away to assign you to one of our bigger audience segments. Uh, we add in early interactions. If you start looking at some of our pages about arts degrees, we can probably put you in a big group that talks to people that are interested in arts degrees. 
at this point in the journey, we're going to err on the side of less is more. We're not going to try and show you too much personalization, but we're going to try and flavor it so that it has a little bit of a hint that we know what you're trying to achieve. At the same time, we want to verify that. And we want to get you to tell us all of that information. And so we design our experiences to trade value. That value exchange is really key, and where that value exchange bar lies varies wildly depending on your audience. And so in some of the research that we did, the younger our audience is, the more willing they, uh, the more willing they are to hand over their personal details. They will do it just to create an account, but the older, that, the older parts of our audience that we spoke to, absolutely not. You have to really provide value back. So we need to understand how we can provide value back. So instead of always sending them to a form to register for an event where we try and find out what country they're in, we might try and detect it from the browser and then try and get them to verify it. Hey, you're in India, and then try and verify it through giving them back value. Do you want information about studying in Australia? The common thread through all the research that we did, though, was that everyone expects something in return for handing over information. If they give us an email address, they expect us to email them. If they give us their phone number, they certainly expect us to SMS or contact them by phone in some way. So now that we're able to learn in that way by starting with what, they, starting with what you are doing and verifying with what you are saying by trying to design experiences where we give you value, there isn't much point in personalizing some channels but not others. Um, personalizing across all of our channels starts with a solid content strategy. Everyone that's interacting with us, no matter how they want to interact with us, needs to be, be across the same story at all different times. We need to be talking about the same kinds of things no matter who you're dealing with in our organization and how we're dealing with you. And so a co solid content strategy needs to be collaborative in its approach and transparent across the organization. Anyone that we have that talks to people about our courses, whether it's on the phone, whether it's in person, whether it's through our website, whether we s we're sending out emails, we want to be working from that same script. And similarly, personalizing at every interaction means that our design language needs to be consistent. And that means that the delivery of our content feels, this, feels a big part of the same story, not just from the same script. The end result of that is that the messaging, the look and feel, the branding, the tone of voice across every experience that you have with us should be the, ch should be the same regardless of the channel that you want to interact with us on. And it doesn't matter how consistent the story is, though, if we use the information in an unexpected way. And so how do we avoid being creepy about learning all of this information about you? First things is that we try and understand your expectations of privacy. And we did some research of this during the Cambridge Analytica Facebook uh, scandal. Um, so privacy was front of mind. And a lot of it was about setting expectations up front and understanding what people, uh, where you feel the value is in that relationship and why you would be giving us any of these inf this information. At the same time, you want to give context. So you would have seen this uh, around, the place, uh, around tools like Netflix, where they'll make some recommendations based on what you've watched in the past, and they'll tell you, this is based on you watching a whole lot of clown-based horror movies. <laughs> At the same time, you want to allow for customization of the experience. Personalization is an automated uh, tool that we use to have the next conversation with you as, as best we can, 
but you don't want to take away control of that experience from you. And so we want to give you some tools to be able to say, no, I don't want to see any more of this. I'm not interested in clown horror movies anymore. Um, and at the same time as you have control over that, we want to be able to learn from that. And so if you, we can see that you're hiding a whole lot of content, we will try and stop showing you that content. So we are informing the personalization by allowing you tools to customize the experience itself. So that's a lot of different things in the way that we consider our approach to personalization. Here's an example of how we see this playing out in real life. Uh, so cast your minds back to being in high school, towards the end of high school, stressful time, and now you're thinking about that you want to come and study at a, a university. So you start doing your research, and you come to the Monash website, and you start looking around at a couple of pages, and straight away we can see that you're interested in science and in probably engineering, based on the pages that you've looked at. You are in Australia, based on where you're having a look at our website from. You're probably an English speaker, and based on the information that we can tell, you're probably interested in that one of our bachelor degrees. We're not too confident in that at the moment, though. We aren't going to hang our hat on any of these, but we might try, try and flavor it, flavor the experience that you're, that you're starting to see. And so we're going to assign you to a bigger segment and start personalize that personalizing that experience straight away. So we're going to send, show you an ad on Instagram, and it's not going to be only about science and engineering bachelor degrees, but it might have a flavor. Some of the key messaging that we tested with science and engineering students might inform that ad that you next see. And we are very good at our jobs, so you click on the ad and you register for open day. And we then have a whole big data capture point, and we learn a whole lot about you all at once. But we're not going to try and get you to fill that all in straight away. We allow you to sign up for Open Day, um, and part of that access is to an online planning tool. And to hand that over, you just give us some really basic personal details. You also tell us from the events that you start looking at that you're interested in business. So now we know that you're not just interested in science and engineering, but probably also business. We confirm your location, uh, we find out that you're in year 12, and we also start considering you as pretty highly engaged. And so we send you an email a couple of days later telling you to come and plan your day. And you come to our website and you start adding events and you do exactly what we thought you were going to do. You add science and engineering and business events out of the hundreds that we have on Open Day. And then you come to Open Day. And on your way in, you grab a wristband and that's your ticket to the whole day. Uh, every single person that is working there on the day, a lot of our students volunteer to help out on the day. If you need help getting around our massive campus, you just tap your wristband and instead of having to pull out your phone and find the schedule and find the address of the, uh, where your next event is, you tap your wristband and they can tell from your, from your planner where your next event is and they walk you over there along the way. You grab a free sausage and a donut and you take home some Monash merchandise. Um, and when you get to the event, uh, instead of taking home pieces of paper, you just tap your wristband and you say, yeah, send me some more information about this. And we do that at the end of the day. And you receive a customized, personalized email about all the things you saw on open day and all the things you asked for information about. And after, after the day, we go back and we have a look at what did you actually look at on the day? And how does that compare to what you had planned? And we say that you went to a lot of the business events 
but not many of the engineering events that you actually didn't go to science at all. So now we use that to inform the next interactions that you have. And we send you an email after the day telling you what, what you did and here's some more information about how you might want to come and study here. And it's flavored again with more information about business than the science and engineering messaging that we were sending you before the day. We get you to do a live chat. The operator on the other end in our customer service team has access to your profile and they probably know that you're, you've just come to Open Day and so you're probably looking for more information about studying here in business and maybe science and maybe a little, a little bit of engineering. And that's how we sort of see this coming together. Uh, but why do we think this is important? We think that personalization builds upon the research and empathy that's at the heart of all experience design. Being able to understand our audience at large and empathize with them allows us to design better experiences overall. Being able to understand each individual in the audience more deeply not only allows us to create better experiences, but it evolves the experience from completing transactions to building a relationship. minutes for some questions, if anybody has any questions. I have a question. Okay. Okay. Um, so, obviously, you're having to create a whole process to do this, and so your Monash is learning how to do this. So how are you adjusting as you go to once so, you sort of made this plan? Uh, so we're a very big organization. And along with learning how to do this, we're going out and uh, starting to do a lot more research, audience-facing research. And we are trying to put something in front of our audience as quickly as we possibly can, every few weeks or you can. We're fortunate enough to work at an organization that has our audience down the road from us mm. for the most part. And uh, that means we want to try and utilize that, that audience research as much as we possibly can, as quick as we possibly can. Mm. And uh, it's telling us, it's giving us huge insights straight away mm. uh, about what the audience might be after. Mm. And so we want to continue that process as we keep on going. The question was, what tools do you use to track it all? Um, I didn't talk much about the technology. Um, we have a few colleagues from our IT department here as well, so they might be able to answer some of the questions a bit better. Uh, we have recently started migrating over to Salesforce for pretty much all of our relationship management. Um, and we're looking at how we can integrate that across all of the channels and build that profile in one place that's accessible to the entire organization. Um, I can talk to you a bit more about the tools in depth if you'd like afterwards. Yep. Yeah, the so question was, sorry, sorry, do you ask for consent before you personalize? Yeah, so we, um, we're quite early on in this journey and we're trying to make sure that we ask for consent and understand that expectation of what people are consenting to and how they understand what they're asking, um, asking us for as early as we can. Uh, I, we do a lot of marketing campaigns. We, we ask for opt-in and we ask for opt-in to not just messaging but also research. Uh, and 
we are asking more and more questions um, about how we manage all of that consent and understand exactly if you said yes to this, what does that actually mean? And so we're actually working on a big uh, consent management uh, change to our consent management strategy at the moment to include exactly that kind of thing where we're trying to constantly learn about you, how to explain what we're collecting and how we're using it. One last one. The, so, yeah, the, sorry. The question is, um, you need a lot of content to, to actually personalize to this level. How do you actually manage that? So uh, we have a content team that uh, is quite large, but uh, that doesn't actually solve the problem. Um, the size of the content team isn't really that, uh, that, that important overall. Uh, it's more about coming from the same messaging and uh, having a collaborative approach, not just from the people that create the content, but across the people that might deliver that content so that everyone's on the same page. Uh, the execution in different places of that content might differ, uh, but the key messaging should be the same and that key messaging should be uh, based on the, organization, uh, the organization's goals and even though the output might differ per, per channel, per person, that kind of thing. Thank you cool. so much Thank for your you. time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this presentation from UX Australia 2018. For more presentations, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.